This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you, and welcome to the show. We start out this evening with a few chills that will run up your spine after listening to Lights Out. This is a weird premise of two young men who are having a marvelous time in the City of Lights and run into some very strange goings-on. The episode scared the pants off radio listeners back in 1943. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out. Everybody. Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. This is Arch Obler. Tonight we bring you a story of the Paris pre the Hitlerian New Disorder, the Paris of lights and fun and strange adventures. It's a story of two college boys on the loose in Paris. And now, lights out. Everybody. Plus, Mrs. Hmm? What did he say, Paul? That we're here. Oh. Well, should we get out? Yeah. Come on. Shoving. We'll get there. Who's shoving? Uh, comment et... How much? Three francs. Okay. Here you are. Yeah, merci, monsieur. Merci. <laughs> Boy, I sure got a hand it to you, Paul. You sling that French right around, don't you? Took two years of it in school. Viva la France. Yeah. Oui, oui. How you touch? Oh, boy, what a time. How you gonna keep them down on the farm oh, after they've seen Paris? Oh, how hey, you gonna keep them? Pipe down. It's almost midnight. Oh, anything goes in Paris. <laughs> I hope, I hope, I hope. Come on, let's go in. Well, it's the right address, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is. And the card says uh, 505 Rue de la Poop or something. <laughs> okay, let's climb. Hey, it sure looks like a joint. Don't be naive. I bet you it'll be about as exciting as a junior prom. Ah, quit singing the blues. I tell you, this will be the real stuff. French artists and their models and things and stuff. Say, you must have got the wrong number. Look at the place, no lights. Well, it's pretty dark, isn't it? Listen, fella, if there's an artist shindig going on in there, then I'm a left-handed monkey. 
Come on, let's get back to the hotel. No, I'm going to find that artist ball if I have to tear the town apart. It, where's the door, Listen, I tell you, there's nothing going on in there. That's what you say. Oh, here's a knob. Now, let's see what... Hey, the knob pulls. Oh, now you did it. Get some old Napoleon this time of night and he'll scalp you. Listen, I paid that bozo six bits for this ticket. I'm going to find out what's what. End up in the Bastille, that's what you'll do. Yeah, well, if they want to... Paul, it is a party. Listen to him. Well, I'll be. Entree, monsieur. I'll say well, Entree. Come on, Paul. Yeah. Well, Paul, no artist ball, huh? But now you're a left-handed monkey, remember? Sure had me fooled. This way, monsieur, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> right with you, lady. If monsieur would be seated. So, can we go right in? We've got tickets. Yes. Soon you will go in. You will wait. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, it sounded like quite a party. And you thought it was the baloney. Our house looked it. Well, you can't tell a good banana from the skin on the grave. Not so good, pal. <laughs> well, this party's gonna be... You hope. Oh, well, this be something to write home about. If we ever get in the joint. So now I think I'm beginning to understand all this. Huh? It's a clip joint, that's what it is. Clip joint? Yeah, the way I've suspected all along. A sucker joint for tourists. <laughs> Keep it up, you're terrific. Go on, <laughs> laugh, but I'm telling you that if this was a real artist, Paul, why didn't we go without all this stalling? It's all a fake, and I'm getting out. Hey, Paul, wait. No, let me go. I'm getting out of here. If you have any sense, you'll get out, too. Oh, Paul. Before they slip you a Mickey Finn and clean you out. Monsieur. Huh? Oh. You may go in now, monsieur. Oh, oh yeah, sure. This way, monsieur. <laughs> well, pickle puss, Paul, my friend. You got any more to say? Well, I still think there's something screwy. In here, monsieur. Okay. Paul, are you or aren't you going to have something to tell your grandchildren when they ask you about Paris? Oh, I'll stay. Is this something? Gosh. Would you look at the films? Boy, oh boy. See, everybody's in costume. So what? I'm in costume, too. I got on a clean shirt. <laughs> Gosh, will you get a load of the screwy masks they're wearing? Yeah, I see them. <laughs> sure wearing plenty for French models, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, well, evening's young yet. <laughs> That's funny. You what? They're not dancing. Oh, well, they're taking time out, I guess. Yeah, but but where is it? What? The orchestra. There's no orchestra. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, well, maybe they're hidden behind palms or something. Anyway, what's the deal? They may be masked, but, fella, I know honeys when I see them. But this is supposed to be a dance, so why don't they dance? There you are. <laughs> Boy, are you guessing wrong tonight. But where's the organ? You cut it out. Who cares where the organ is? Paris, artists, models, mammy. <laughs> Dancing. You look at him. Come on, let's cut out a couple of fillies and do a big apple. Yeah, but look at the way they're dancing. He, huh? I never saw a dance like that. Yeah. Me neither. He sort of glide. Yeah. Jerry. What? It's funny. No, no one's talking now. Yeah. <laughs> they sure take their dancing serious. And the music. It sure is funny music for an artist, Paul. Did you say this was going to be a wild party? Well, they, they look like artists. Don't act like them. No. <laughs> sure is funny music. Let's beat it. No. I, I, I want to find out what this is all about. Men and women dancing so quiet, funny music. Let's go, Jerry. No, I, I want some answers first. I want to know why... Monsieur, uh -huh. you would like to dance? 
No, no, not me. I... And you, monsieur, you would dance? Well, uh, yeah, but... It would be as you wish, as you wish. Oh, no, wait. Uh, what kind of a ball is this? These people, what kind of music... Hey, old lady, come on back here. Come on, Jerry, let's get out of here. What are you talking about? I paid dough for this ticket. I'm going to get one dance out of it. Jerry, don't be a fool. And don't you be a lily. What's there to be scared about? This is Paris, fella. Anything goes. Hey, look, there comes the old lady with my dancing partner. Boy, oh boy, will you look at that chassis. Monsieur, this young lady, she will dance with you. Swell. Well, Paul, here I go. Um... You're a good dancer, aren't you? Gosh, I, I suppose you don't speak English, do you? I understand you, monsieur. You, you do? We oui. Say, that's swell. Oh, lady, I've got more things to ask you than a psych professor doing an IQ on Einstein. We oui, monsieur? Well, I mean, uh, uh, this goofy music. And uh, why doesn't anybody talk? And when are you going to take off your mask? Midnight. Midnight? I said it's not far off, is it? Not far off. <laughs> Say, how about slipping your mask up a little and let me have a sort of a, you know, a preview? No, 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 no. Okay, I was just asking, that's all. Say, you sure couldn't big apple to this music, could you? There is still time for you to go. What? There is still time for you to go. Go? Why should I go? Gosh, I'm just starting to enjoy myself. I can give you only one warning. Warning? Warning of what? You are very young. Yeah? Well, I'm old enough to know all the answers. And if you don't think so, suppose then you and me... One warning I can give you. And it has been given. Listen, if you're trying to warn me that this is a clip joint, well, I'm not worried. <laughs> all my dozen and travelers' checks anyway. So, somebody wants to steal my pants? Okay. It's a two-pants suit anyway. <laughs> Hey, look. Well, can you tie that? It's my pal. He's dancing, too. Hi, Paul. How you doing? All right, I think. <laughs> what do you mean, you think? Well, my partner won't talk. Well, maybe she doesn't like your line. No one here speaks English, I guess. Mine does. Don't you, beautiful? Jerry, after this dance, what do you say we go? Well, do you listen to that, beautiful? Me with you in my arms, and he wants to go. Jerry, listen. Now, you listen to me. Beautiful here tells me she's going to unmask at midnight. And it's only a couple of minutes, too. So, fella, I'm staying. I've got an idea that behind this goofy mask, beautiful here, has got a face that's going to take my heart and turn it inside out and put it together again. Say, come to think of it, beautiful, what is your name? I have warned you, and now you will go. <gasps> Too late. Too late? What are you talking about? It's 12. Come on now, beautiful, unmask. No, no. What do you mean, No. Hey, look, everyone stop dancing. Yeah, everyone's going to unmask. And that includes you, lady. No, 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 no. <laughs> All no. right, then I'll take your mask off myself. No, no, monsieur. Come on, no, 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 Kind of nice standing here in the dark, close like this. Isn't it beautiful? 
Pretty tricky of this dance committee. Turning the lights off just at the minute when the masks are supposed to come off. Yep, pretty tricky. Well, haven't you got anything to say? I mean, even if it is dark, we could sort of make conversation now, couldn't we? Oh, come on now, beautiful. Haven't you read that book on how to win and influence friends? You gotta give, you know, conversationally. <laughs> now look, you ask me if I'm always this fresh with strangers. I'll ask you where you've been all my life. And before you know it, we'll be pals. Oh, gee, I'll bet you're a honey. I just know you are. You know, a fella kind of knows when the girlie's with the honey. See, gosh, everybody's keeping quiet. <laughs> Is that part of the entertainment? Standing around in the dark? Well, it's okay by me. But I sure would like to get that mask of yours off and really see what you look like. <laughs> hey, how about some lights? Lights, lights. A candle, monsieur. Huh? Candle? Oh, oh thanks. Yeah, thanks. Now, listen, beautiful. You stand right there while I light this thing. Got a match someplace here. Yeah, here. Well, it's pretty nice, whoever it was, handing me a candle. Now, wasn't it beautiful? Must have guessed how anxious I was to see you. There we are. That's a nice place. Now, you stand right like that while I take off this thing you got over your head. <laughs> she sure is a goofy man. It's fastened on so tight. Well, now it's loose. Now, stand still, beautiful. In a minute, I'm going to be congratulating myself on what a swell picker I am. There we are. Off it comes. <gasps> oh. You... You haven't got any head. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you, I, all of us, I know would like to be reassured that we're here and not in Paris, so supposing we relax, take a deep breath, and consider something quite close to home. This problem of a very pretty young lady. Why does everybody keep talking about vitamin B and iron? Oh, I know I'm too thin and always tired and nervous and all in. I suppose I'm cranky, too, but what could vitamin B and iron have to do with it? Why, miss, authorities explain that when you don't get enough vitamin B from your food, you may lose your appetite, not eat all you need, or you may not get all the good out of your food. Well, naturally, then, you lose weight, lose your pep and ginger. And when you don't get enough iron out of your food, you may be weak and pale, feel only half alive. Hmm, sounds reasonable. But how can I get more vitamin B and iron if I need them? Try ironized yeast tablets. They're the famous two-way tonic that gives you both vitamin B and iron. They've been astonishingly beneficial to thousands who need them. So, if more vitamin B and iron is what you need, by all means get ironized yeast tablets right away, tonight. Then see if pretty quick you aren't saying... It's glorious to feel so peppy and good. Everybody says I look like a million too since I've gained the pounds I needed. My, how glad I am I tried ironized yeast tablets. And now back to Lights Out and the story of the two boys who went to Paris. No head. She doesn't have a head. A thing without a head. No. No. Jerry. Jerry, where are you? Jerry. What? Who's calling? What? 
Jerry, Jerry. Paul. Oh, Paul. Where have you been? What happened? I've been calling. Oh, wait. Don't come any closer. It's just standing there. Jerry, what's happened? What's the matter with you? There. Standing right there. I, I dropped the candle. It's so dark, but, but she must be standing there, Paul. Jerry, for Pete's sake. Jerry. I saw it. I, I saw it. Saw what? Pete's sake, there's no one here. But she... I tell you, there's no one here. The whole hall's empty. Jerry, open your eyes. You're standing there with your hands over your eyes for luck, I tell you. See, there's no one here. The lights went on again and everyone was gone. What? I thought... Well, the devil with what you thought. Come on, let's get out of here. We should have gotten out a long time ago. Yes, we'll go, won't we? Come on. Don't act like you're sleepwalking. Come on. Oh, listen, she... She didn't have... The devil what she had or didn't have. We're getting out of here before those maniacs get back. Maniacs? Yes, I said maniacs. Some kind of a goofy bunch we walked in on. I knew they were screwy right from the start. Come on, let's get out. Paul, didn't you see that... What could I see? The lights went out. Everyone beat it. Here, I think this is the door. The door. I can't open it. We've got to get out. We've got to. Here, we've got to get out. Here, let me out that door. Got to... Let me out. Now, get away, Paul. Quit banging your fists on it. We've got to break it down. Okay, come on. Okay. Lock. Gotta get out. Gotta get out. Did it. Now we'll get out. Get out where, monsieur? That old woman. Old woman, tell us how to get out of this place. Yeah. We gotta get out. You hear me out? Out? Yes. There is a way out. Well, don't stand there talking about it. Show us. Show us. We want to get out of here. Civil play, monsieur. There is no need for such excitement. Just listen to me. Listen, but who wants to listen? We want to get out of here. You hear me? Out, out, out! No, Paul, wait. We're getting out. Let's find out what this is all about. I don't want to know what it's all about. I just want to get out. Now, listen. We've got to know what it's all about. Don't you understand? If we don't, we'll always think that maybe... Well, I tell you, I've got to know. And I will tell you. Yes, I will tell you. Once a year, they meet here. They? Who? But what sort of people are they? They meet and they dance. A miserable dance. A dance without joy, without meaning. Yet a dance of hope. Come on, Jerry, let's be Keep it. quiet, will you? Go on, old woman. A dance of such weariness. And yet I say it. A dance of hope. Hope? Of what? Hope of deliverance, hope of freedom from misery without end. What's she talking about? Oh, woman, what are you talking about? I saw a woman without a head. Did I see it? Did you see it? Push her out of the way, Jerry. Let's get out no, of here. No, no, wait, Paul. No, I, I think I understand all this. It's, it's all a gag, an initiation of some kind. Yeah, that's it, old woman, isn't it? It's a club, and these are all kinds of tricks to get in, aren't they? Trick mirrors and, and lights going out and all the rest of it. It's all a joke, an initiation, isn't it, old woman? One hope. A hope that one of you will blunder among them and give one of them deliverance. Oh, woman, stop talking in riddles, will you? This is all some kind of a ceremony, an initiation, isn't it? Answer me, isn't it? Yes, one like you, to give his head so that one of them can have their rest. But Jerry, come on, I tell you, I can't stand that woman, Jerry. Wait, Paul. Oh, woman, you... Is that something about... heads? What did you mean by that? What? Listen. 
No, you hurt, monsieur. You hurt. La guillotine. Jerry, what's she talking about? Oh, woman, what do you mean? La guillotine, la guillotine. He took their heads, yes. We, <gasps> oui. one day, they were alive like you, lived and breathed and had the world. And then la guillotine was born. They took them in the tumbrils across the stony streets. The crowds were shouting. They took them one by one and fed them into her hungry mouth. The knife went up, up, up. A moment more of life, and then down it came. It struck, and their heads rolled into the baskets. What's she talking about? What's she talking about? Oh, woman, that... That girl I danced with. You mean... She and all the rest that danced tonight. La Guillotine took their heads and lives many weary years ago. Dead. Dead. All of them dead. No, you crazy fool. You the dead don't dance. But the victims of La Guillotine dance. I... They dance one night each year, as here you saw them. Dance. Dance. No. No, it can't be true. It can't be. She's crazy. Crazy. One hope of rest. One hope, I tell you. That one of you shall blunder in to give his head for theirs. One hope. That one of you will headless take their place. And let Hello, one stop of it. them... I won't listen anymore. Rest. Jerry, make her stop. You're crazy, old woman. You're crazy and trying to make us crazy, too. Come on, Paul. Stop. Stop, I tell you. Look behind you. Behind... Uh, Jerry, there's, there's people there. Yeah. It grows lighter. See them? <laughs> Mother in heaven. All of them without heads. Without heads. Oh, they can't keep me here. Things without heads. I'll get out. Out of my way, old woman. The door. Things without heads. You won't get me. Paul. Paul, you've left me here with them. You... Oh, you shouldn't have done that, Paul. You left me here with them. Ah, monsieur. Your friend. He has not gone far. Listen. What? Listen. La guillotine, she has been fed. Fed? Guillotine? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Paul? Paul? Where are you, Paul? Your friend is well. Paul. Oh, Paul, you're all right. You're all right. Paul? Why do you stand there in the shadows? Paul, why do you stand there like that? Paul, come closer. You will come closer.
Paul, what's the matter? Why don't you answer me? Paul, what have they done to you? Paul, what... Done by the guillotine herself. Well, Mr. Obler, so now you think that the past can come back. It does very definitely in many, many ways. All of us within ourselves carry the ghosts of our own pasts and our own ancestries. Yes, deep-seated memories of the generations before us. Sometimes they come to us in dreams. Now, Mr. Obler? Now let's talk about preventing death. How would you like to send a wise, powerful friend along with your son or husband or brother to this war? Someone who'd know how to help him if he's wounded, who'd get his messages through to you and get food and medical supplies to him if he should be taken prisoner. Well, you're doing just that when you give to the Red Cross War Fund. American Red Cross field directors and their staff go with their fighting men wherever they go. Yes, wherever they go, in the jungle, on the desert, everywhere. Behind the lines, the Red Cross membership operates service clubs and recreation centers so that your man in uniform won't get homesick and lonesome. This work must go on. Give to the Red Cross War Fund tomorrow. Give all you can and double it. Give as much as you'd want someone else to give to help your man in uniform. And all men in uniform are members of your family, the American family. Well, now, what about dreams, Mr. Obler? Oh, yes, dreams. Well, take the dream of falling. Almost all of us have had that dream when we were children, falling through space and waking up with a start. Now, there are some who say that this dream is a memory of prehistoric times when man, to escape enemies, uh, hid in trees and caves. A child would clutch itself to its mother when danger arose and the fear of falling was the greatest fear. It's an interesting thought, isn't it, that those falling dreams of our childhood may be a subconscious memory of the dawn of mankind. More ghosts next week, Mr. Obler? No, coincidentally, the play is about dreams. It's a play which may disturb your dreams, but which I know all of you lovers of the unusual will enjoy. It's about a woman just like any one of you out there who has a most amazing recurring dream night after night after night. But that takes place next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's eerie story, The Dream. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast, the one and only Ironized Yeast. With the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. 
is later than you think. Stay tuned for Martin and Lewis next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Dean Martin, in 1945, met a young comic named Jerry Lewis at the Glass Hat Club in New York, where both men were performing. Martin and Lewis debuted at Atlantic City's 500 Club on July 25th of 46, when Lewis suggested to the club owner that Martin would be a good replacement for the scheduled singer who was unavailable. The duo were not well received. The owner, Skinny D'Amato, threatened to terminate their contract if the ed, uh, act didn't improve, while Martin and Lewis disposed of the pre-scripted gags and began improvising. Dean sang and Jerry, dressed as a busboy, dropping plates and making a shambles of Martin's songs and a mockery of the club's decorum. They performed slapstick and delivered vaudeville jokes, and the crowds loved it. Their success at the 500 Club led to a series of well-paying engagements along the eastern seaboard, culminating with a triumphant run at New York's Copacabana Club. And here they are, earlier in their career, having some fun on the radio with special guest Peter Laurie. It's the Martin and Lewis Show! Broadcasting Company brings you Transcraft from New York, the Martin and Lewis Show. Our guests star tonight, Peter Laurie, and featuring Flo McMichael, Roger Price, Ed Hurley, he digs to be in his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin. I wish I knew the name of the girl in my dream, so I could change her name to mine. And Jerry Lewis. I wish I knew the name of the girl in my gym. Jerry. <laughs> All right, so I made a boom boom. Turns right into wrong, bright as the night brings happiness to me. Makes me luckier than throwing a seven Takes me nearer to heaven Than anyone's allowed to do When your heart is talking I feel like I'm walking on a cloud Someone like you someday I'll find Someone I can boast to Somebody to hug While I'm bugging the rug To snuggle up close to and whenever I do, do you know the who, who I'll give the most to? You pray on my mind, stay till I find someone like you. Someday I'll find someone I can boast to. Somebody to hug while a bug in the rug. To snuggle up close to And whenever I do Do you know the who Who I'll give the most to You pray on my mind Stay till I find Someone like you
Dean and Jerry have just received an urgent message to see their manager, Speedy Smith, immediately. And right now, we find them walking down the hall of his office building in the heart of Broadway's theatrical district. Now, right, look, here we are in Speedy's office. Now, before we go in, let me look at you. Well? Okay, I guess you're neat enough, but I sure wish you'd start putting on some weight. You're about the skinniest guy I ever saw. Look here, Dean Martin. I won't stand here and have you talk that way about me. I'll have you know I weigh 118 and three-quarter pounds. 118 and three-quarters, and that's with clothes on, huh? What do you weigh stripped? I don't know. I'm bashful. <laughs> now, stop picking on me about how skinny I am. Oh, I'm not picking on you. Now, if you were smart, you'd... Jerry, don't try to tell me how to be smart. Do I tell you how to be stupid? <laughs> What's to tell? But what are we standing here arguing for? Let's go in. Speedy's messy said it was urgent. Oh, yeah, let's go in. Oh, hello, Mr. Martin. Hello, Mr. Lewis. Well, hiya, Florence. So you're working for our manager today, huh? We're supposed to see Speedy right away, Florence, and it, it's something important. Well, he's got another client in there now. But in the meantime, maybe you can help me with an awful problem. Speedy bought me this new filing cabinet today. What's your problem? I don't know where to plug it in. <laughs> plug it in. Florence, you don't plug a filing cabinet in. <laughs> you wind it up. <laughs> Gee, Dean, listen in there. Speedy's sure balling out some client. Listen. And in my opinion, I don't blame the circus for wanting to fire you. You keep forgetting your act, and that's the first thing you're supposed to do. Don't forget anything. Now, you got one more chance to get back there, and above all, don't forget anything. Gee, Dean, did you ever see such an unhappy-looking elephant? Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, let's go in and see what Speedy wants. Hello, Speedy. What's so important that you have to see us in such a hurry? Yeah, we rushed right over. I'll tell you in a minute, boys. Relax. Let's get our feet up in the desk. Come on, sit down. Okay. Okay. Ouch! Jerry, you're supposed to sit down first, then put your feet on the desk. <laughs> well, boys, I've done it. A big manufacturer phoned me a while ago. He likes your program and might sponsor. Now, I believe in you, boys. I've studied you. You got talent. Why, well, I know you backwards. Well, come around front sometime. We got talent on that side, too. Come on, now. Let's get down to business, boys. Let's get down to business. Look, I want you to go out and call on this man and convince him you've got the program he needs. Get his name and address from Florence and go see him right away. Okay, let's go, Jerry. Hey, Florence, will you give us the name and address of that big manufacturer who's thinking about sponsoring us? Oh, sure. I just filed it alphabetically. Alphabetically? Sure. You know, by numbers. What's the name and address? That's what we want you to find for us We want... You're kind of silly, Mr. Lewis You better watch out Or they'll put you in the bobby hatch Bobby hatch? Florence, it's not bobby hatch It's bobby hutch Florence, please get the name and the address You put in the file cabinet Oh, sure Well, let's see It could be... Uh... No... Well, maybe I... <laughs> That'd be silly. <laughs> or it might be... Oh, no. What are you trying to figure out, Florence? How to open the drawer. 
Here, Florence, I'll open it for you. There. Florence, will you please try to remember? My goodness, that's it. When you mentioned Bobby Hutch a while ago, I made a file for him, and I put the man's name in there. See, here it is, Mr. Price, 35 Waterbury Road. That must be his country estate. Well, thanks, Force. Come on, Jerry, let's hurry. We'll jump in the car and be there in a few minutes. Now, Jerry, watch what you say. This Mr. Price can certainly afford to sponsor us. Hey, look over there under the trees. That must be him swinging on the hammock. Yeah, and he must be as eccentric as Speedy said. Look how he's hanging on the bottom. <laughs> Say, you must be Mr. Price because we've heard how intelligent and distinguished you are. We're Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Well, well, where'd you boys come from? The stork brought us. <laughs> Jerry, that's not what Mr. Price meant. Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> Say, I guess your manager told you that I'd like to sponsor you. Uh, what do you manufacture, Mr. Price? Well, it's my family's secret formula. I have the formula right here, secret C. I got it right here. X plus 2 over the square root of pi plus CN3HO4 times 3.677 equals Y. Yeah. What does the formula make? Orange marmalade. <laughs> So that's your product, huh? Orange marmalade? Yes, it's wonderful. Made from 100% pure prunes. <laughs> Orange marmalade made out of prunes? I wish I knew what to call it. I got it. Strawberry preserves. <laughs> good, good, good. Mr. Price? Yes? Are you for real? <laughs> oh, Jerry, please excuse him, Mr. Price. And could we talk uh, with you about sponsoring our show? Uh, Mr. Lewis, who's this fellow with you? Oh, he's my partner, you know, Dean Martin. His singing is wonderful. I'm very interested in singers, Mr. Martin. My favorite is Bing Crosby. Don't you admire Bing Crosby? Who? <laughs> you know, Dean, Bing Crosby, the man you imitate when you're trying to sound like Perry Como. <laughs> Gee, Mr. Bryce, it would be wonderful if you'd sponsor our radio show. Well, I will, if some changes are made. What? Change our show? Oh, no, we couldn't do that. Well, now, 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 don't be hasty. You see, I spend a lot of time studying and analyzing human beings. You study people, huh? People, too. Now, take the average man. Now, what is it the average man wants? An average woman. <laughs> I like you. You're jerky. Mr. Price, how about our radio program? Well, now as I see the picture, uh, you should do a mystery program. My wife insists on it. You see, my wife loves mysteries. My wife sits home every evening with her ear glued to the radio. There's no glue handy. She uses thumbtacks. But, Mr. Price, we do a comedy show with songs. Now, I'll tell you, if you'll do a mystery program, I'll sponsor your show. But, Mr. Price... My word is final. It's a mystery program or nothing. Well, Dean and Jerry were really discouraged about their chances of getting a sponsor until a few minutes ago, walking down Broadway. Dean, look at that sign on the Paramount Theater. Hey, it reads Peter Laurie opens here Wednesday. Say, if we only could... Don't say it. Cross your fingers. Let's try to find him. 
Well, this is it, Jerry, the Warwick Hotel. Yeah, wouldn't it be swell if we could talk Peter Laurie into helping us out? Then we'd have our sponsor. I only hope we can get in to see Peter Laurie. He probably even never heard of us. Maybe not, Dean, but wait until he finds out that I'm a big fan of his. Gee, one time I took my girl to see Peter Laurie in a picture. He was so sinister and so menacing. When I came out, I had the creeps. Well, it must have been even worse on your girl. Nah, she was a creep to start with. <laughs> well, let's go in and see Mr. Laurie. Well, here's Peter Laurie's apartment. Ring the bell, Jerry. Jerry, what's the matter? Who's afraid? Oh, I'll do it. There. Dean. What? Let's go home. <laughs> Gee, Mr. Laurie'd never help a couple of nobodies like us. Oh, come on, brace up. Yes, what is it? I'm Dean Martin, and this is Jerry Lewis, and uh, we just got to go in and see Mr. Laurie. I'm sorry, I'm Mr. Laurie's personal secretary, and nobody can see him. Let me, let me handle this, Dean. I gotta be stern with her. Okay, good, be stern. All right now, miss, you listen to me. Yes? Um, uh, um... What is it? Um, uh... Yes? Will you marry me? Do you really want to see Mr. Laurie enough that you'd propose? <laughs> Don't laugh. If we can be engaged, I'll give you my secret corn kicks ring with the plastic glass covered compass and the secret message sender and decoder and the patented peeper scope with the atomic disintegrator attachment. Would you really give it to me? Sure. Come on. Help me lift it out of the box. All right, Jay, that's enough. Look, miss, we got to talk to Mr. Lloyd about helping us out on our radio show. Oh, Mr. Martin, I love your singing. I admire your act so much. I'm the star of the act, miss. And your wonderful reviews, Mr. Martin. I'm his assistant. I'm Lewis. I'm on records, too. And the way the crowds come to see you at the Copacabana, Mr. Martin. I'm there, too. Yep. Good old Jerry. I do a few tired funnies in between Dean's songs. And you're so appealing to women, Mr. Martin. I wish I was dead. <laughs> oh, I think you're kind of cute, too, Sonny. Miss, are you sure that Mr. Laurie can't see us today? Well, you're taking a horrible chance. Mr. Laurie hates to be disturbed at tea time, and especially when he's so hungry. Well, thanks, but we'll take a chance. Mr. Laurie? Well, well, well. Mm. Two nice young ones. Come in. Well, uh, I hope we didn't disturb your cup of tea, Mr. Lawyer. What are you drinking there? Green tea or orange pico? Oh, oh no, neither. I have a weak stomach. It's arsenic. <laughs> you drink arsenic? Yes. It, always when I can't get Drano, you know, Drano. Oh, now it comes, it comes you know, six delicious flavors. Sure. Strawberry, raspberry, orange, lemon, and bathtub. <laughs> now, uh, what was it you want to see me about? Well, I'll come right to the point, Mr. Lawyer. I'm mm. Dean Martin. This is my partner, Jerry Lewis. Uh, yeah. We'd like to have you come on our radio show and, uh, you know, do a mystery. Huh? 
You want me to come on your radio program and do a mystery? That's right. Isn't it mysterious enough already? <laughs> Please, Mr. Laurie, we've got a great chance if you'll help us out. It means an awful lot to us. We can get a sponsor if you'll only say yes. Well, you see, I wouldn't mind helping you out, but uh, what would I do on your show? Oh, you know, play sinister characters like you do in your pictures when you're acting. Acting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's silly. What makes you think I'm acting? No, no, I, I'm like that all the time. You're like the Peter Laurie you play on the screen? It's not just acting? It started all when I was a little boy. My mother, she used to make me wear Lord Fauntleroy suits and long golden hair curls. Oh, I was so cute, you know. Yes, I, I can still hear the people when they say, when I walk down the street on a Sunday morning, look, there goes that little rat who burned down the city hall. Dean, I'm not happy. Let's go. No, no. No, you must stay. You, you must hear me out, you see. Well, my, my work in pictures has only aggravated my tendencies. You see, everyone has criminal traits. Everyone? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, just think, as a boy, didn't, didn't you have some bad habits? Not me. None at all? No. Oh, but now that I think of it... Yes? I did have one. Yes, you see, you see. What was it? Uh, did you go around scaring your little baby brother? Oh, no, worse than that. Yeah? What did you do? I used to sneak pussy willows into my room and pull their tails off. Now, come on. Please, let's be serious, boys. You came here seeking my help. Now, didn't you? Now, let's see. What, what can we get for you? Uh, oh, yes. Well, it should be something nice and gruesome, shouldn't it? Uh, oh, I have it. My diary, huh? It tells of an incident which happened here in New York City several years ago. And, and you, Jerry, you, you remind me strangely of, of he who was my assistant. Long last, I found the perfect criminal accomplice. For years, I've been looking for someone to hypnotize into committing my murders for me. Yes, he had to be somebody with no principles, no character, and a weak mind. <laughs> I trained him for weeks. Finally, finally, my stooge was ready for his new career. I put him under my spell. Come now, look into my eyes. There. You are now completely at the mercy of my will, aren't you? Yes, master. You are going out now to rob a bank. I will, master. And if necessary, you are going to kill. I'll do that, master. And even if you see some pretty girls, you won't mix with them. I won't mix, master. Now, now, what should I do, master? I want you now to take some TNT and go to the Chase National Bank and blow it up. He left me. I waited for an hour anxiously. This was his first job. Where is he? He should have been back long ago. Hello? Hello, master. Louis. Why, why aren't you here with the money? Did you blow up the bank like I said? Master, I made a terrible mistake. I accidentally dropped some taboo into the TNT. What happened? Now Chase National is going steady with Irving Trust. 
so it went, failure after failure, but I didn't give up. I, I needed Louis for this special job. And Louis, tonight is the payoff. Tonight at nine, I have a date with Mrs. Van Schuler, the owner of the million dollar Ming necklace. Let's get started. What a surprise this is going to be for Mrs. Van Schuler. Well, Louis, here we are. Here we are, the Van Schuler estate. Come on, we'll go in through the front door. I'll open it. All right, you're covered. Get your hands up, both of you. Higher, higher, higher. Please, my feet are off the floor now. <laughs> you, 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 Louis, you caused this, you clumsy, stupid, blundering idiot. I, I taught you everything I knew because I liked you. I fed you because I liked you. I made you what you are today because I liked you. But now, now, I, I hate you. All right, if that's the way you feel, take back your fraternity pin. <laughs> that was wonderful, Mr. Lawyer. We'll all do a mystery show together. Jerry, now we've got a sponsor. Oh, oh uh, wait, wait, just a minute, boys. There's a little detail. You see, I, I personally, I'm tired of all that horror stuff. I... You see, from now on, I, I want to be gay. I, uh, like a disc jockey. A disc jockey? Yeah. But if we're going to get a sponsor, we got to have one of those gruesome programs. Oh, wait. Believe me, Jerry. Believe me. You know, Peter Laura is a disc jockey. It'll be pretty gruesome. <laughs> well, uh, the least we can do is try it. I'll tell you. You two cook up something while I knock off a number. Mr. Stabile, a little background, please. Couldn't happen again This is the once in a lifetime This is the thrill of I Oh, what's more This never happened before Though I have prayed for a lifetime That such as you Would suddenly be mine Mine to hold as I'm holding you now and yet Never so near Mine to have When the now and the here Disappear What matters dear Doesn't happen again We'll have this moment forever 
but never, never again. That was very nice, Dean. All right, come on. While you were singing, Mr. Laurie and I got a terrific idea for a disc jockey program. The Sunshine Boys. This is the way our theme will go. You gotta keep smiling, 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 What did you drop out for? I forgot the words. Yes, folks, we're on the air. The Sunshine Boys, Dean, Jerry, and Pete. And now a short message from the makers of Sploop. <laughs> Folks, have you tried Sploop? Sploop, the breakfast food that makes you wish it was lunchtime. Ah, <laughs> uh, and remember, folks, Sploop doesn't crackle, burst, pop, or explode. It makes no noise at all. But when you pour the cream over it, watch it. It bites. <laughs> yes, and Sploop contains the new miracle vitamin, Flavor. <laughs> It won't cure anything, it won't fix anything, and it won't make you feel any better. In fact, it even saps your energy, gives you that run-down feeling. So next time, ask for Sploop, the breakfast food for people who don't want to be champions. And now for our daily problem corner with Dr. Peter Laurie. <clears throat> what is our problem today, Dean? Well, here's a letter picked at random. Dear Dr... I am a woman weighing 195 pounds. Mm-hmm. I, bought a, I bought a new girdle last week, and I get into it all right, but I have a terrible time taking it off. What should I do? Oh, well, that's easy. Just tell her to snap out of it. <laughs> a poem entitled, Mary, Mary, Quite Contrary, How Does Your Garden Grow? Vigoro, next poem. <laughs> Robin Redbreast sat on my windowsill. He was a beam of sunlight as he sang his little trill. He sang so sweet and looked so gay, no one could ever hate him. He was nature's work of art. Gee, I'm sorry that I ate him. (laughs) Well, folks, the next portion of the program is brought to you by the makers of Sludge Glow, the new shampoo for bald-headed men. It contains that new secret ingredient, hair. Get the large 150-gallon jar of Sludge Glow. When you get through with it, you simply fasten wheels on it and presto, it's a new Studebaker. Well, we have a request to sing that new hillbilly tune, Drop Dade, Little Darling, Drop Dade. Hit it, Dean. Drop Dade, Little Darling, Drop Dade. I need you like a hole in the head Get lost and get you gone I'm no longer your Don Juan Drop dead, little darling Drop dead Drop dead, little darling Drop dead I need you like a hole in the head You're like an awful dream And if you come back Drop dead, little darling, drop dead. I need you like a hole in a head. 
I'll take your pure white neck and I'll break it too by heck. Drop dead, little darling. Drop dead. Peter Laurie, you were wonderful. And uh, I hope we'll have the pleasure of working with you again soon. Oh, Jerry, stop crowding me. There's not room for both of us in this phone booth. I want to hear what Mr. Price says when you talk to him about how much money he's going to pay us for the show. Well, he hasn't even answered yet. Gosh, Dean, we're on our way. We got a sponsor just like Bob Hope and Bing and Fibber and all the big timers. Hello? Uh, Mr. Price, this is Dean Martin. Jerry and I are just calling to, uh, you know, set the salary for our show. Show? Sure, the one we just did for you. Wasn't Peter Laurie great? Wasn't it full of mystery and horror and suspense? Show? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Price, didn't you hear it? Uh, No, I didn't. The funniest thing happened. I couldn't listen. Had no radio. (laughs) You had no radio? No. My wife went shopping... And the radio was still glued to her ear. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bye. Bye. Well, Jerry, we got to keep punching. Even if we haven't got a sponsor, we still got the show. Yeah, Dean. See you next week. Bye. Bye. The Martin Lewis Show, transcribed in New York, is produced and directed by Robert L. Red and written by Ray Allen, Dick McKnight, Roger Price, and Sid Resnick. Peter Laurie will soon be seen in the Hal Wallace production, Rope of Sand. This is Ed Hurley, suggesting you tune into your NBC station each Sunday evening at the same hour for The Martin and Lewis Show. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's My Favorite Husband, followed by Suspense. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.